we got the top five GBA games. We got the top five GBA games. We're gonna list up those GBA games. Here today at the Mystical Listicle, my name is Mitch E. V. Shu, otherwise known as Dr. Dank, and with me in the studio today is... I'm Cammy. So today we have the top five Game Boy Advanced games. Yeah, gamers, buckle up, get ready for a long old road trip in the backseat, pop in in your SP, everybody. Yeah, because let's be serious, we spent most of our time on our SP because that was just the most portable thing ever backlit screen long battery life wow i love great the device. SP. excellent device i had a red one for the longest time that was the one that i, I had used. a silver one just the plain silver yeah. one and i had a pikachu one and i think i gave it away you ever have a game boy micro no i thought like those are good though i had one for a long time and i think that's my favorite way really? to have a like game boy advance experience Anyway, so about this list, we had to come up with a stipulation just because both of us had a very different experience with GBA games. So, games that were ported to the Game Boy Advance, Uh how are we handling those? Well, I didn't put them on my list because my argument was I think they are valid GBA titles because the portability of the Game Boy Advance kind of revolutionized a lot of these games. But my first experience was on the Super Nintendo or the Nintendo Entertainment System. Which I have the opposite experience. Most of those titles I played for the first time and for a long time on the GBA. Yes. So I have two ports on my list and Campbell has declined to put ports on her list. So just know that that is a stipulation of both of our lists. Yes, and I think it's fair that Mitch put ports on their list because if that is your first experience with the game, that's what you that's what you associate that yeah. game with so you can't separate it uh, yeah from that. exactly so anyways i say you should get started okay so i'm gonna start with one that i'm gonna have i'm gonna do like a downtown kind of called shot it's gonna be later on on your list okay i'm gonna start with mario and luigi superstar saga oh it's one of those lists again yes yeah, swish oh man there it is from downtown who's heating up He's on fire! Anybody play NBA Jam? Oh my god, okay. get on your well, list. That okay, I so on. I'll keep it short because I feel like we're going to talk a lot more in depth yeah. with this one. But I love me a Mario action RPG. One of my favorite titles on the Nintendo 64 is Paper Mario. I still to this day think it's a brilliant game. Um, and Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga falls in that realm of like action timing based combat rpg but with, with great Mario. writing very great writing In very a new funny concept. punchy sharp writing and paper mario had that too um i honestly i've never played uh the one on the super nintendo super mario rpg i know a lot I of people played like that, that one. and i haven't played bowser's inside story bowser's inside story is very good really yes mm-hmm. um like a lot of titles across Mario and Luigi were all really good. I like a lot about this game. I think it's fresh writing. I think the Mario and Luigi designs and the aesthetic choices they went for this kind of 
depiction of Mario and Luigi are very really fun, fun and cute and interesting. I like the kind of monster and races that are kind of exclusive to these genres too like like the whole kind well, they of they get a lot more character yes. in these rpg titles so yes that's a valid point for and sure. i'm always a fan of newer villains in mario games that it's not just bowser every single time i you agree know? and this one has an excellent one yeah uh, she's a badass yes um so i will leave it at that we will probably we'll get we'll, back, we'll to, get that back to that that won't be a problem yes so, so what is your number five my number five is super mario advance 2 super mario world which was a 1990 release which i played on the 2002 port yeah i have the dates for everything so we can compare how long it took to port it to which i thought was fun yeah this was definitely my most played game boy advance titled titles i really love the soundtrack i think the soundtrack starts off really strong like even just in the one one world all the way through i feel a great sense of being underground underwater in a haunted house in a castle just really great enemy and stage diversity and i loved the star levels and the different yoshi mechanics for the different shells Yes, I, I want to talk about two things specifically about this, and one of them is the Star World. Yeah, um, hard as shit. Yeah, how quickly did you beat, like, could you beat Super Mario World? Because I was I don't able know to figure out to do... I Star Worlds. Oh, I was able to, like, as a kid, I found a path that, like, if I started over the game and I took a certain path and got to a certain shortcut in time, I could basically go through the Star World that would take me at the very end, like, in Bowser, so I could skip, read. like, the whole kind of game. You sped played. Um, yes. Um, have you ever gotten to the secret? um bridge overworld map that um yes takes you to like soda lake or something yeah. like that um that's crazy that's too. so fascinating i remember it's as a, a kid exploring game. that like over map because there were so many secrets there's the one behind the ghost house that it took you to that one like little short area that you could just stock up on like yoshis and like items yes. and everything which was so, so cool. brilliant yeah so imaginative and Uh, i have a cute little story for this game i was so focused on playing this game that when my family was getting ready to leave for some reason we were taking two cars and now that seems wasteful but i thought i was going with my dad they were all going together and i got left at home because i was so focused on playing super mario world in the back of the car and they left me there yeah it was funny as shit i have a very vivid memory of spending like an hour and a half trying to beat bowser's castle during like a summer when i was like four or five years old in my room yeah what a fucking amazing game have you ever seen the video that uh explains how genius the camera works in super mario world no i should check that out i should show you this after this podcast Um, you'd love it a lot i think a shout out too is the world one one is so iconic and it the redo of that stage was one of the best stages in super mario maker yeah like the updated version of that level was so good yeah there are just so many like iconic levels what's your what was your favorite one because i imagine if you like set a level people would be like oh i remember that one for like super mario world was like one of your favorite levels in super mario world like you can't you don't have to like give me like the play-by-play but like everyone had like a slightly different vibe or mechanic going on in it which is i think what the mario games do really well So can I just say, I think that, like, again, just right in the beginning when you're in the forest with the Yoshi and you're learning how to eat the apples, like, really strong start, and then I 
really loved the sunken ship area yes. right before you got to Bowser's kind yes. of sinkhole in the ground. That epi- that like when you're going through that one hallway and it's like the booze are like on like a flash kind of thing. Yes, and, you have to, like, and they're stop. literally surrounding yes. you. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And then you like drop and fall during like the last part. Yeah. Yeah. That's really a good great choice. Stage. Yeah. But I just think it also has a really strong start yeah. for a video game too. I like the whole Forest of Illusion one because it the way the game like gameplay mechanic of it was like replaying levels to like find the alternative routes mm-hmm. to like make your way through this like tricky forest was super great smart. game yeah what a brilliant brilliant fucking game yeah great choice thank you my number four is metroid fusion uh, i never played that yeah have you played any metroid game no one of my favorite gamecube games ever is metroid prime i've watched you play that and it's one of my favorite games ever period but metroid fusion is my favorite uh side scrolling kind of metroid type of game I think the story of it's very imaginative. Basically, it starts with uh, Samus gets into an accident on one of her missions, and her suit fuses with the DNA of a Metroid, so it becomes like this kind of natural, like alien skinned sort of suit. She gets a symbiote. Yeah, essentially. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, and one of the villains of this game is a fucking terrifying villain called SAX, which is a symbiote that is cloning the appearance of samus and is like trying to hunt her down throughout this like facility is there a lot of homoerotic tension like venom no sax is fucking terrifying like there's this one screenshot sexy samus well no there's this one screenshot of the game where like it's like the power suit of samus but like it shows up and the game like has like a game boy advance kind of like cinematic where it like shows a clip of like her visor Yeah, I'll show you a visor, and, like, you just see these, like, soulless dead eyes behind this, like, visor. Oh, that's spoopy. Yeah. And, like, for a Game Boy Advance, it was like, what the fuck? Three spoopy, five me. What the fuck? Yeah. I wish, I wish in the new Smash Brothers, if I had, like, a little fun little Easter egg thing, that Dark Samus would have an SAX skin, because they're very conceptually similar. It's just that Dark Samus is made out of, essentially, unstable Phazon. The lore of Metroid is pretty insane. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, there are a lot of really good Metroid games for the Game Boy Advance. Like, well, Zero Mission was another one that people like a lot, which is a remake of the original NES Metroid. But I like this one a little bit more because it's just like a fresh game entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a nod to the fusion suit as one of like Samus's alternative colors in all the Smash Brothers games. I wish it was just the pure fusion suit because uh, let me show you what that one looks like just because it looks really like... Yeah, that's my number four. That's a good one. Never played it. Can't really say much more, but that stuff that you showed me is pretty creepy. Yeah. So my number four is Yoshi's Island, which was a 1992 released, released again in 2002. Brilliant illustration, best enemy designs of any Mario IP ever. I am thinking specifically the seagulls and the bandit and the everything in it was so fun all of the um end world and mid world boss fights were incredibly memorable yes um i've talked with you about this at length before that you go into a tailspin when you lose baby mario yes i just want to say that this is my favorite game period like ever uh it is i think a champion in the genre that it is trying to make a game in you which know, is platforming you know it's it's a 2d pl- like platforming i think every single bit of it is like so geniusly designed like the collection aspect like you want to get like you want to end every level with like 30 stars all the red coins all the flower buds like 
And when you don't, you're just like, ah, fuck, I beat this level, but, like, I missed two flowers. It felt Where were they? It actually useful, too. Yes. Like, when you got to play the little games, you actually got something yes. useful out of it, too. And much like Super Mario World as well, every single level was completely memorable and unique and offered something new to, like, do. And I loved how the Yoshis changed colors depending on what zone you would be yes. in. And it was also cool to think about, like, passing off Baby Mario. Like a little relay, essentially. Yeah. And also, talking about the soundtrack, that Bowser oh. fight? Or it's Baby Bowser, right? Yeah. With a yeah. fucking guitar solo yes. in it and everything. And it's fun as heck. Oh, and the overworld music is some of my favorite yes. overworld music, too. I could gush about this game for hours. It's great. So Every single should... aspect of it is, like, fucking incredible. It, it is. So... What's your number three? Oh, sorry, I'm just thinking about Yoshi's Island too, and all oh, the different I feel boss like we fights could just too. Talk about it forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whew. My number three is WarioWare Incorporated Mega Micro Games, the very first WarioWare game. I think this game is genius. It is essentially you're you're not super familiar with the WarioWare series. I know it had that gyro in it, right? So you could that's shake that's the twisted. Thing. Oh. That's Twisted, which is the sequel, which is equally, which is also, like, incredibly good. Then I have not played um, this one. But, essentially, for those who don't know, WarioWare games are, with the aesthetic, a kind of new imagined aesthetic of Wario, where, like, Wario is in this other sort of island with all these completely new characters, and he makes a business that he says he's going to make a lot of games, and because he's going to make a lot of games, he's going to make more money like essentially like a quantity kind of thing so he invents mega micro games and all of these people are basically people that he has hired to make themed micro games for you to play essentially so every single person has like a different sort of shtick to how their games are operated but they are all very weird and surreal like kind of games like an art direction and everything like it's very comedic and they're you have to beat every single mini game in five seconds or less so it's like do this you beat it on to the next one do this you beat it and you do that until you either like there are modes where you do that until you lose which is and they keep getting like faster and faster and faster and it's such a unique video game experience that i don't think has been explored in not in like in any other system but any other like game has like recreated this kind of vibe you know yeah yeah i never played that one i for my first wario was the wii one yeah which was awesome yeah that was a that's a really, really good party game what is your number three my number three is pokemon emerald which was released in 2004 this is the best pokemon game of all time i love the terrain water haters go home the pokemon of this gen are probably my favorite set of pokemon the gen has a hundred percent good starters and as corny as they seem at this point team aqua and team magma were echo terrorists like how cool yeah. is that uh it, this is number two on my list too so we can just kind of bunch this one together as oh, well Oh, that sounds good yeah yeah, I, I love this game dearly. I like Pokemon in general. I feel like it would be, like, I would be locked up and put in jail if I didn't put a Pokemon game somewhere on a Game oh, Boy yeah. Advance list. Oh, yeah. There were some great ones you in know? this era, too. Uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green could have very easily yeah, I had to really too. I had to really think about whether or not putting this one or Fire Red and Leaf Green on the list. And the reason I think I went with Emerald is not only because of the, I like the third gen Pokemon a lot, and it was new at the time, mm -hmm. so it was exciting, but also the Battle Frontier 
Battle Frontier is, is amazing. The best, some of the best post game post game contact in, in any Pokemon game to this it's day. It's probably the most I've ever spent in post game yes. too. Yeah. Except for like maybe the Sevi Island things in Fire Red and Leaf Green. Even before like the advent of like online Pokemon fighting and communities, like I spent more time doing the single Blair post yes. story, and like hunting so the good. Reggies, you know, I, doing the tower. And I loved doing the tower. I loved the bike puzzles in this one. I loved yes. in Emerald, you can get just all the legendaries. And I think that hunting Latios and Latias was actually good in the original game. It's just when they went to Gen 4, like all three of the Pixie Pokemon, like Mesprit, Azelf, and Euclixie, Whatever those you had to chase, you had to chase Darkrai and Celestia. Yeah, Princess Celestia, you had to chase her too. And it just overdid the mechanic. Like Latios and Latias were enough, and they made sense. I agree a thousand percent. They really like after Latios and Latias, and I think the dogs did this too. And the dogs too, but like they really (laughs) made like I just I think that mechanic so like ugh like let me just like. I just want to fight it. it. Yeah. Tracking it is such bullshit. Yeah. But that's how they made it hard. I had but a friend who got a shiny Latios, Latios once. I like, had could a you imagine? Raihu. Could you imagine running into, like, just the chance of running into Latios and Latios already? And then all of a sudden it's a shiny one? Yeah. What on earth? Can I also say that the Reggie puzzle and the Mirage Island thing, like, there was actually some pretty complex mechanics I in think that gen. That what was so successful in the era that it was in because think if that existed in like the nowadays like everyone would immediately there'd be like a game fact like a youtube thing like you know how to do the reggie puzzle like like immediately post game like the day it was like yeah no you had to get the freaking guidebook or you had to know somebody who had the guide i still have the guidebook yeah it was fun Mm -hmm, for sure cool Amazing. And the secret bases. We'd have to oh my the secret gosh, bases. Secret bases. And some of the best music in the series, I think. Yeah. Except for Gen 2 had some great music. Yeah, Gen 2 had some really good really music. Really fun. Too. I like the contest too. Yeah, contests were fun. I played the fun. contests a lot. Again, the contest, the more iterations the contests went down, the less I liked them. Yeah, they kind of got it the first go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. And they tried to do too much with the DS and Diamond and Pearl. Like, here, dress up your Pokemon, make a bunch of confetti come out of the balls. Like, I think the mining underground in Sinnoh was really cool, but that's the best application they had of the touchscreen. Yes, the mining was cool in Sinnoh. Yeah. Yeah, good pick. Thank you. What is your number two, since that was my number two? My number two is Kirby and the Amazing Mirror Ah. 2004. So I think that this is the best Kirby game of all time, and it has some stiff competition. Mm, That's a really bold claim. My only game that would butt up against it would be Kirby Air Ride, but I think it's such a different kind of game. Yeah. Like, it's Kirby, like, with kind of a racing game aesthetic, but has some fun Nintendo elements, like the city ride, that, like, make it more interesting. Because, like, I think that the Kirby Air Ride setting for City Ride is the most interesting self-contained little island world ever like it's fun to go all the way to the top of the white thing and like perch yourself right on the top it's fun underground when you see like the little model of the city under the forest but i just thought that kirby games are kind of about platforming they have these same mechanics and this is the best kirby game of all time even outside of the game i really love the mini game selection in this game like the quick draw you see all the mini games i remember are the ones from superstar like the one where you had to like karate chop like the thing. I don't know if that made it over to Amazing Mirror. I think it did. It, wait, there's the one where you had to like whap whap a bomb. 
Yeah, yeah that I one do too. remember that one. And also, I loved treasure hunting in this game because you actually found useful shit like sound bites and you could spray paint your Kirby's. I loved the array of colors that you yes. could spray paint your Kirby's. I love the end game sword that you get because there's so many parts of this Kirby world where it's like, oh, if I had a hammer, I could go here. Or if I had a beam, I can go here. Or if I had something that shot long range, I can go here. And the sword just did it all. So you can finally get into all the little nooks and crannies of the yeah. game, which is super satisfying. That's the way a game ending like item should be. Like it can give you more pleasure, like playing the game through yeah. the second time with this really great tool. And I love the overworld, like going into the different areas with the mirror and then this giant sword appearing there after you beat it. And I just think it's great. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful Kirby game. Yeah. Uh, I think as far as Kirby games go, it's actually, I think, a little bit on the lengthier end. It is. Like, which, like, every Kirby game, like, every Kirby game, and it's a curse of them, they always feel like they're fucking 30 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, which, it, like, I, I, I really want a Kirby game with a lot of meat on its bones. And that's one of the one Kirby games with, like, a lot of meat it on its bones. It does have. Because the most recent kirby game with the friends i loved every minute of that but i feel like we finished it in like a weekend yeah 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 it's it's that kirby curse you know yeah yeah but i love kirby great choice Same here. i guess it's time for my number one yeah give it to me my number one is final fantasy tactics advance oh great uh, choice this is i think more so than any other game other than i would say maybe hearthstone maybe tf2 in my heyday I've put the most man hours in, in general. Really? Yes. The most person hours, I should say. It is, I think, one of the most in-depth, mechanically speaking, games that the Game Boy Advance ever saw. It never plays the same way twice based on how the system works of like upgrading and changing your party members and recruiting new party members and like specking them out differently. Yeah, like, because how it worked was it was a strategy game, but there were different races, and every races had different jobs that mm -hmm. they could do, and they could, you could only have two jobs at once. So you could have like a team all of like the same race that could play different jobs, and you would still have a completely like unique and crazy team. So yeah, and as someone who has played that with you, and who has sunk some hours recently into Octopath Traveler. I just think that that grid combat is a lot more satisfying yes. than turn-based yes. RPG combat. Yes, it's just combat. like, a, it's like, it takes it one step further. It gives like a new element of strategy rather than just like damage Unlining. them more than they damage you. Yeah. And I think the story in this game has a lot of controversy to it because of how it's a game where the protagonist is kind of the asshole of the story. Oh my god, he's the bad guy. Yeah. He sends all these hurt and broken children back to the orphanage where yeah. they could be Final Fantasy forever. Yeah. And I think that's honestly a fascinating perspective, you know? Like yeah. it's it, like it's I remember rare. one of the key missions, like one of the like a, like like a turning point missions is like you get cornered by like the king's guard essentially and you have to like fight your way out of this like royal part of like the city and I, I, yeah, I remember the, the judge, like, the head judge is, like, the dad of the one dude who had, like, the dead mom, like, and, uh, it's, and, like, your brother who is, like, 
like was wheelchair ridden, like was able to like walk and like it's it's insane. No, you make a really selfish decision. I know. And you make one just for the entire group. And you don't make it like quickly, like you <laughs> you you seam by seam kind of undo the world. Like yeah, which is which fucking sucks. crazy. Yeah, I think it's a fantastically interesting and like very, very rich game that I think if you haven't sunk your teeth into it, You'll you could it. you could really find a lot of time spent with it. It's not too hard to pick up too, and no, if you just watch a, le- a let's play or something, you could probably. And and there's are there are guys that are just like okay, here's how you like go down this career path. Yeah, for, like, exactly. Your guys. But it's it's super rewarding. It's one of my favorite video shot, experiences in general ever. I yeah. agree with that one. That's a great choice. What is your number one? My number one is Mario and Luigi's Superstar oh, Saga 203. Oh my god, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> so, I think this is definitely my most memorable yeah. GBA game. Yeah. The mechanics are just fresh as fuck. Yeah. The story is amazing. The soundtrack is great. I love the art style. It's mm-hmm. very cute. Um, I love the airport. I love the coffee shop. I love the Jelly Sisters spa. And speaking of those various places... I love this game because every single upgrade you get feels very good. Like when you get the ability to jump off your brother, you can start doing those special brother attacks and that feels good. Well, then you get the hammers and man, that sure feels nice to whack something with your hammer and you can explore the world a little bit more. And then you get the electricity and the fire from the Jelly Sisters and it's just like that part of the game when you're like getting washed up on the different islands and you land up in the spa, like... Uh, How that game rewards you is very intelligent. Yes. Yes, I agree, 100%. Yeah, I think it's one of the best kind of action RPGs I've ever played. I really love fighting each person like it doesn't even feel like grinding i love the yeah. soundtrack again like how many times have i fucking put on the tihi valley sound yeah i just love that sound and the story is good i love the villains here oh my gosh i love how peach is depicted i love how bowser is depicted everyone looks really cute yeah and it's just a really awesome game it's an excellent 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 video game yeah oh man it makes me want to play it how yeah. cute. I kind of want to play Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, again. oh my gosh. I want to play a lot of these again. Yeah, well we can. Well, Nintendo did sue that couple for $12 million. That is, that is a recent topic news thing. Yeah, so I guess we should say while we're talking about our top five favorite GBA games, attacking a private party with a $12 million lawsuit for essentially preserving your media for free yeah. is really effed up. Yeah, I don't understand why they have such a... like iron heart like ironclad like grip on their content like and they don't even like give you access to like like good access to no, like but it's the disney it. vault theory they're trying to be the disney of the video <coughs> game company yeah. where it's like the disney vault yeah. ideology where oh you better buy it now or it's going back in the disney vault you yeah. better stand in line at 8 a.m to get an SES, snes classic from target because that's how you're going to be able to play your old games and it's just scalpers that make money off of that kind of thing. Yeah. Keeping the stock artificially low only hurts your core audience and children who could be growing up with your games. Do you think the Switch Virtual Console will ever be at the level of, like, the Wii Virtual Console? Because that had everything on it. Yeah. I don't see... It, it couldn't. Like, I don't see why it couldn't, is I guess what I'm saying. I don't see why... I don't see why it couldn't either, but do you think it will? Do I think it will? No, unless it becomes a thing where a lot of people are not buying the internet service and then they are forced to upgrade the internet service to include this big archive of older games. 
I feel like they're going to update the internet service to make more than NES games because eventually you're going to run out of NES games, right? And, like, the Switch seems like a very long-form kind of project for them. Like, they want to keep this one going, going, you know? You'll have to see how the popcorn shakes out of the kettle there, but... Oh, that, yeah. I agree. That classic catchphrase. Yeah. That's all I had, so... Yeah, no, I I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, so what kind of popcorn is popping in your kettle today, listeners? We've uh, made over a bunch of games and then denounced their creator, so... Yeah. It hitch happens. Yeah, hitch happens, everybody. (laughs) So where can people find us if they want to give us some ideas about what list we should do next or comment on how we're living our lives? Well, Mitch, they can find us on either Twitter or shoot us an email... Our Twitter is at MysticList, M-Y-S-T-I-C-L-I-S-T, and our email is MysticalListicalPodcast at gmail.com. And we haven't really said this much in any episodes, but also rate and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars and leave a nice comment. That would mean a lot as well. You know, I say if you don't think we're worth five stars, you should still review objectively yeah yeah follow your heart if you don't like us we still would like to hear why as long as they're not like a, a mean about a it mean about it yeah a, don't attack the person attack the product yeah <laughs> did i just tell people to leave the shitty reviews I did. <laughs> well, goodbye <laughs>